0: It's uh, Rob and (laughs) Robin and Dave. (laughs) Uh, We're members of your family now, hopefully. Um, So I I wanted to share with you a couple of quick announcements that uh, folks asked us to put forward. Constitution Alive, there's a free COVID-19 inspired crash course every day for six days beginning March 30th from 12 to 2 p.m live stream question and answer with rick green and scarlett lonnie who uh is part of our congregation we also have run book club and dallas willard life without lack begins friday april 3rd at 6 30 via zoom conference please go to the godspeak.com for more information and registration you can do that and uh that that'll that allow you to figure out how to use Zoom and all that other stuff. I've been invited on a number of Zooms, and I've yet to figure that out, so I've just avoided them. But (laughs) here we are live stream, technologically challenged, yet we're still here, and folks are tuning in, and we're grateful that you're with us. We're going to go through the update with a couple more uh, slides. This is latest information, and uh, uh, take a look at this. This is countywide. Uh, So this is for March 27th, countywide cases. There are 85 cases, two deaths. We had another one. Both deaths were with folks over the age of 70 hospitalized. Of the 85 that have tested, the ones that are hospitalized are 15. And we've had, I think, close to 3,000 people test for the virus. And we've only come up with 85 known cases, which is a very small percentage. 15 hospitalized, two deaths. Of the 85 cases, a small portion have been hospitalized. One of the questions, uh, Dr. Robin, from our listeners, our viewers, was uh, the people that are intubated go on ventilators. Yeah. Survival rate, not real good?
1: It's, uh, we don't have great studies yet of knowing what, are, what exactly each country has experienced, but to my knowledge, it's quite low is that if you get put on a ventilator, something like a 20% survival rate would be uh, an assumption. Uh, we were talking about it actually today, about um, indications and in the requirements of the ventilators. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, by the time, they're, they're not prophylactically intubating people. So, you know, we're not just haphazardly, you know, helping people with their breathing by putting a tube in. I, I think what's, what's happening is these are very sick people. Sure. Um, and even in, uh, in New York, they were even sending people home. We, we, we measure oxygen saturation. So, you know, basically a regular person should be at 99 to hundred percent oxygen saturation in their blood. And, um, uh, you know, they've been sending people home even at 90% sending them home, and they'll have someone to follow up. So the the, the indication for intubation is very, um, uh, you know, you have to be really sick to be Very intubated. severe. Very severe, yeah.
0: The other slides we have, I haven't had a chance to update them because when I got the numbers from the county, I didn't get the updates for the city. I was verbally given the numbers for what we just saw, and I haven't had the updates for the city. So these slides... I was keeping them in, hoping to the last minute that I would get some updates, but I'll show you these slides quickly. These are yesterday's numbers, um, and they've, they've changed. So I, I don't have that update. I do have the total number of cases, and uh, it, it's still holding in the same ranges age group wise. Mm-hmm. But let's let's go to the numbers themselves. This is updated. Again, you know the population of Ventura County. You know the population of Thousand Oaks. So we have 85 out of 854,000. We have eight out of 120, let's just say 29,000. Deaths in Ventura County, two out of 854,000. The fatality rate is 0.02%. That's the same for all of California. The worst state Hmm. in the nation is Washington. It, It even surpasses New York, and they're at... Zero, for, for a fatality rate, 0.05. Right. So it's, it's not as severe uh, fatality rate as they were predicting. It's exponentially smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, here are the numbers uh, across the world. I've highlighted uh, total cases in the U.S., 103,000, up 18,000. These are folks that have been diagnosed with it. Total deaths are 1,000. 693. It's up 398 today. Again, the number to look at is to the far right, total deaths per 1 million population, five. Total deaths per 1 million population is five. So here is that view for all of you to kind of process. Five deaths per 1 million, 1,693 deaths out of 327.2 million in the U.S., I think the most important figure uh, is prevention of death, not how many are tested positive. I threw that out to <laughs> yeah, see okay, what you think right. about it. Oh, you a little bit. Uh, I like that. I like that. I
1: like that. Yeah, is the the most important figure is the prevention of death, not how many tested positive. Yes, I 100% agree with that. And um, the interesting part of how many are tested positive is actually more of an indication of what we're going to see in the future. Exactly. Because if you're positive and you're healthy, you have antibodies. You're good to go. I, I mean, you know, I, I hope I've been exposed a little bit so that I have the antibodies so that I'm able to fight this infection. And that's, that's the to my mind, that's actually the most important thing going forward. So, yes, absolutely. Life, I mean, just what, just what President Trump echoed today in the news conference was, yeah, of course you want to save people. That's number one. Yeah, prevention of death. Absolutely. That's our, our key focus. That's our goal. Of that's course goal. it is. That's, that's not rocket science. Yeah.
0: I, I heard one scientist, uh, and, and this is one of those. I, I get a ton of them. This was a fascinating one. Uh-huh. The virus originated in China, which is a utilitarian nation. Uh-huh. You're, you're only as valuable as the utility you, you provide to the government itself. That, that's an mm-hmm. oligarchy here you have a virus whether man man made or in the natural world which as we've studied cannot be defined correct fascinating though that if you wanted to take from those that would be of greatest strain on the populace as far as need you would design a virus that would take out your elderly yeah i, I, I thought i um, i i thought wow that that that's awful but on an and another way of looking at it our elderly are to be protected Mm -hmm. and the youth in our country have to realize that their exposure doesn't put them in detriment. It puts the elderly in detriment. And I saw this, if it was reversed, Mm -hmm. if the young people Mm -hmm. were at risk, Mm -hmm. the elderly folks in our community would do everything in their power to protect their children and their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. So young folks, protect them, protect the elderly. Don't expose them. Don't, don't do anything stupid. Wash your hands. Follow the procedures that have been outlined by the president and, and the CDC. Do all that's necessary. And let's, let's contain this thing until it, it dissipates yeah. and winds down. Comments, thoughts?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, from what I know of virology, the study of viruses, we, we don't really have that ability now that's not to say that people don't, but that the scientific community at large doesn't have the specificity that i 'm aware of to be able to be that specific. Um, I could be wrong in that uh, there's lots of things I don't know, but as far as i 'm aware that would be that would be a very challenging um, very specific <laughs> design.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I just assume not even venture into there. <laughs> yeah. I threw it out yeah. there. Yeah. Sorry, folks. No, that's, I think that's, that's, the, that's the worst. A good question. It's a good question. That's, that, that People was, are thinking it. I got that. We, had, we have a question for uh, Dr. Robin. If we could post it for everyone to see. Uh, this is um, what do you think about the over prescribing of Plaquenil and resulting back orders. How can we as a society best protect those who actually need it for autoimmune needs like lupus, et cetera?
1: Mm. And yeah, I, I mean, that's, a, that's an interest, interesting question because it really gets back to the, the concept of what's the evidence? Um, and the truth is evidence takes time to acquire. It may actually be more useful for society to prescribe it for COVID-19. Yeah. Than it is even for lupus or other autoimmune diseases. We actually just don't know at this point. And right now, we have evidence to say it does make a difference who need it for autoimmune diseases. Um, now, with the Plaquenil,
0: is that is that to it, does that help somebody who already has contracted it and is struggling
1: to come out of it, or is it
0: taken to well prevent?
1: I, I guess the, the real question is who's prescribing it so I think there's lots of um, people who are considering taking it even prophylactically and there's no real evidence to say that makes a difference. Um, in a hospital setting they've been using it for the last resort patients.
0: And it's been working?
1: Yeah, there is, there is some evidence to say that it, it, it's, um, it's made a difference. Um, but they've tried a lot of things. So that, we they've need tried more people. Chloro-
0: uh, chloroquine.
1: Well, uh, chlor- this is actually chloroquine. That is so, what it is. Okay. So um, hydroxychloroquine. So it's it's good old fashioned chloroquine that tre- that used to treat malaria. I thought that was there was a large amount of that. Well, there is, uh, you know, and that's. I mean, that I, I think this is this is the other point is that. We really need to be manufacturing our own drugs, um, and if we have control of that supply chain, we can increase according to need, according to the market that's within our country. So um, that's a great question, and um, uh, you just really, I, I think we don't, the answer isn't there yet. We don't know if it's overprescribing prescribing.
2: Do you, do you want to dovetail on that other rumor that's going around with that ibuprofen?
1: Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you want to talk about that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So give folks information. Yeah, this is a great. This is a great one because um, so some people um, are talking about the idea that ibuprofen and taking ibuprofen actually actually makes your infection of COVID-19 worse. So that they're they're warning people. They're saying, oh, don't, don't, don't take ibuprofen if you have a fever. And the, the truth of that is that that's a complete fabrication. So this is a great example of misinformation and how quickly misinformation spreads. So if you look at you know, the World Health Organization, the CDC, the, you know, all of the, um, uh, the vetters of truth, there's no indication that using Advil or ibuprofen is going to make any make you more susceptible to the virus, or make your infection worse? Um, I, you know, I can talk about why that would. You know, what's that theory about? Um, you know, and I'm happy to chat a little bit more about that. It has to do with the kidneys, but it but it really doesn't actually make sense. It's different between a correlation and causation, and the truth is that there there's no evidence to support that. If you have a fever, ibuprofen, that's fine. That's you're you're going to add something.
2: Well, this other question popped up and. In- yeah. Asked it so that because one of the things I heard was vitamin D. So if you dovetail on this. Well, let's
0: but, read the question. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got it. Oh, this is a great one. Yeah. Okay. What is the best way to boost our immune system just to be in optimal health? And as a matter of oh, fact, yeah. I'm going to touch this on is... that tonight in our our study, our scriptures.
1: Oh yeah. But you touch on it. Okay. Okay. I've I've been feeling you know we haven't we haven't even talked about this, but i feel feeling we're going to say the same thing or at least in a different way. The best way to boost your immune system. <laughs> is joy, peace, exercise, eating well, uh, spending time with your family. These, like, these sound like soft things, but they're not. These, these are the things that actually truly change your immune system. All the other things are like supportive actors. So if you're eating well you're getting all the minerals and nutrients that your body needs to produce all of the things that you need to fight infection. You don't need anything else, nothing else. Your body is an amazing machine. It's been designed so incredibly and to such a level of detail that we don't even understand it, Yeah. right? And, uh, and it, it's, it's almost a hubris pride to think that we actually say that we understand it, we don't, we don't understand it, and we're only just beginning scratching the surface of our understanding.
2: I'll touch on it, but you were going to yeah. say something. Oh, I was just going to say, I brought it up to Rob, they had the uh, one uh, site that I was doing, when I was doing all the research for some of this stuff, 68,000 Fitbit trackers, they oh. and they have them for each state and how activity is going down and oh. sleep is going up California's still doing pretty good but yeah. I won't name the other states yeah there yeah, yeah. but that was sounds know, really point. really, yeah, really yeah. interesting because that's the data that helps you yeah. you know go yeah. forward on I, stuff I, I think many
0: Americans needed a good dose of rest
1: yeah seriously yeah. That, that's actually the best way to absolutely 11
2: yeah. o'clock one o'clock in the afternoon
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> uh, I've been I've really been enjoying sleeping I, I've become master of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Um, we're going to get to my portion in a little bit, but we want to go to the financial side of it. And if you have any more questions, uh, the, you're, you're sending them in, uh, and Micah is putting them up on the screen. So you can do this while we're talking and we'll drop them in periodically. Even if you have a health question for Dr. Robin, though we've gotten into the financial side, mm. we'll, we'll throw it in there either yeah, at the cool. end or in the middle. And, uh, and then we'll we'll move on. So we're going to go to the, the slide that uh, David asked us to. This is that update of the fear and greed index. Here it is, the fear and greed index. David, why don't you
2: comment on that? Well, the thing that's interesting is the fear and greed index is made up of like seven ingredients, and one turned to green and one turned to neutral. So even though the Dow Jones was like down 915, and the S&P was down about 88, about 4%. The the fear and greed actually went up one point, and I'm not sure if it's because of the fact that I hate to say it, people are getting used to these thousand point os- oscillations and roller coaster ride that's causing it. But it's interesting that it actually went up a point today because some of the indicators are switching from. Uh, fear into neutral, and neutral into greed.
0: Now, I got, uh, of course, I get inundated with texts and emails, and I, t- I try to process them through the course of the day. And it was too late to put it up on the slide. But someone said, "Why are you showing the Nasdaq Composite as opposed to the S and P 500?" I, honestly, I don't know the difference. I thought this would be helpful, but here, let, let's let's show the Nasdaq, and then you can answer that question. Okay. Here, here's the Nasdaq for today, and and it, why don't you explain that question for anyone asking? So,
2: so the Dow Jones, the Dow Jones, which is the most cited and it's the oldest one. It's made up of 30 stocks. It makes up about 20 percent of the economy, I think, about 20 20 percent. But it's the longest and oldest one. It's made up of 30 stocks, a basket full of stocks. The next most quoted one, or is probably the S&P, made up of 500 stocks. It's a good cross section. The uh, the Nasdaq is usually a little bit more tech-heavy uh, indicator. So, what, so would,
0: what would be best to show folks in the evenings? Uh, you want to do the the Dow, or maybe the S&P? It's 500? usually
2: the S&P 500 is the the greatest cross section of different companies in our country.
0: Okay. Then from now on, we'll be doing that. Apologize folks. I am not a financial guru. That's why I brought (laughs) David here. Uh, Here, here was one that you asked me to pull up. I think it was one on, uh, the CNN fear and greed index. You want to explain that one?
2: Yeah, that is the one that actually had, uh, um, switch to on the very latest data to a, a greed indicator in other words the amount of people shorting the market is less than the people that are longing in the market so as a result um, it switched that one it switched just when I pulled it up right before I came in more to a uh, greed uh, one so and that's just one of the ingredients one of the seven ingredients that come up and that just that one happened to just switch
0: and then you asked to see the fear and greed over time so I put pulled that one up.
2: Yeah, and then, and this is just um, since we started talking about it, it's interesting that the fear and greed. When we started talking about this, what four days ago, it was almost at close to the bottom. Yep. So um, as soon as you figure out how to use Zoom and boost up that stock, then that um, that line will go up farther.
0: Well, that, that, brings us, uh, that brings us to the point in our time together in the evenings where we, we switch from the medical and the financial and all that we're facing as a nation to then step into what is our response as God's people? How, how do we process all this? And again, if you have questions, you, you, get, you get answers to those questions because truth dissipates fear and we don't operate in the context of fear. And we study to show ourselves approved, and, and we, we rightly divide truth and, and seek that. We're not moved by anxiety and fear, and that, that doesn't even help for the immune system or for our health. We, we as God's people, are called to intercede for the nation. And a, a friend of mine who has organized pastors up and down the state of California has encouraged the pastors of the state, and I shared this yesterday yesterday, to encourage all of you to participate. Here's, uh, here was his invitation. I'll show you the slide. He said, I'm inviting you to join me in the California church to a three-day fast and prayer from April 1st to the 3rd as we collectively petition God to intervene and help California and the United States of America. Our focus will be to stop the spread of the coronavirus and that this crisis would lead to a revival in his church and an awakening to the people who do not know Jesus. And then I, I shared with you what we've been doing every night, which is our ability to petition the Lord on behalf of all those in positions of authority. And so God commands us in Timothy. And I, I want us to really come to know these verses and that we would be very familiar with them because this is a call to all Christians and how we are to react to all of this. So here you have again, First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Pray for all men. He says, therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Great way to intercede for our leaders who are dealing with this issue the same way we are, processing data. We're downstream, so we're, we're trying to sift through it and try trying to access those that get it first. I've been making calls and inquiring, seeking source material instead of rumor and innuendo. And that's what the president, that's what our governor, that's what our, our county leaders and city leaders are doing. They're processing all this information so that we can dispel any rumors, like like Advil, 100%. ibuprofen versus uh, Tylenol, uh, acetaminophen, And where these come from? Folks have an agenda. They they can become nefarious with distorting information for self-gain. We have to be very careful about that. A lot of folks may have a political agenda. You read something you really like without fact-checking it, you move it forward. That's detrimental. You may decry uh, the the media of doing that, but we're just as guilty if we do not... Go to the source of the material and inspect it before we pass it on. We participate in rumor. Yeah, you can do that on the internet. You don't have to have someone in front of you to create rumor and innuendo and speculation. You can do that simply by not fact-checking. So make sure you do that. Uh, try to look at sources that are not uh, are not necessarily the ones that, that feed your agenda. Look to be challenged. Now when they cite a source, go and check that source, but be careful about commentary as opposed to true news reporting and try to seek that out as best you can. So with that call to fasting and prayer, April 1st to the third, which is critical. And as we saw the passage in Timothy about how we're to pray, I love this passage in Joel. It's very moving. Take a look with me, if you will, Joel chapter two, it says, now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. God wants us to rely on him. He's calling us to a time of fasting and prayer, that our hearts would be broken over those things that we have done that don't honor him to examine not only our lives, our city, our county, our state, our nation, but all those things that we're guilty of as God's people. Now, we haven't really valued life. It was said to me, interestingly enough, and, and some of you are certainly going to react to this, and you'll send me an email or a text. Fair enough, but I'm still going to put it out there. This virus has saved more lives than it's taken because it shut down abortion clinics across the country. Now, some of you find that offensive, but God loves the baby in the womb. And as the state of California, we lead the nation in abortion. We have to be awakened to what God wants, how we're to operate, how He feels about marriage, how He feels about caring for people, not being self consumed and moved by the baubles and trinkets of this world, but to be servants. This is an awakening that we would rend our own hearts, tear them open, take a look, lay them bare before God and say, if there be any wicked way in me, God help me. I wanna serve you, I wanna serve the people of this city, this county, this state, this nation, this world. I don't want it to be about me and my security and my safety as much as I wanna make a difference while I'm on this earth between point A, which is when I'm born, and point B, of which I die. I I want not only to reconcile my life to God, but to minister to those on this earth while I'm here and to impart truth and to impart hope. That's our call. We haven't been doing that. God has a unique way of waking us up. We've reached more people by being quarantined with the gospel, the good news that God has a plan for our lives, wants to reconcile, be connected to us once again. We've had more ability to reach countless people through this venue of live streaming than we've ever done before. God pushed us into this realm. I'm sad that I'm not with you all. I don't see you. I, I, I enjoy your company. I miss you. But in the same regard, there's a number of folks out there that we've never darkened the doors of their home to reach them. We've been very comfortable in this building and God had a way of getting us out of it. And he, he calls us to a time of fasting and prayer. And Dr. Robin, when you had commented about how do we boost the immune system, this is this is, a fascinating, this is a fascinating study. And when God calls us to fasting, especially in a time of trial, and even when we've been hit with a plague or we have been hit with a disease, it's interesting how we, we see our mortality and we cry out to God. So as we enter into this fast, uh, there was a study done at USC, and I'll show you the the study here momentarily. They looked at the the idea of fasting for medical reasons. We we are covering it for spiritual reasons, to deny ourselves in order to align with God. But there's also an immune aspect to it that God applies to his people. And when you do fast, it's fascinating how this works. Take a look at how fasting works in the human chromosome. Let's go to this slide. This is a chromosome in normal mode um, and how water fasting, if if you just fast with water alone, this is a chromosome in normal mode and this is a chromosome 48 uh, 48 hours of water fasting and note the red region is in a protection mode. It adds a protein layer to each cell for protection after 48 hours of water fasting. It puts all the defenses forward in the human cell. Isn't that fascinating? And now you're going to ask me where this comes from. So (laughs) I'm not not going to make you think I'm a a quack or anything. (laughs) Let's compare uh, water fasting here. normal cell versus a cancer cell after 48 hours of water fasting. You see uh, a normal cell, all the proteins are forward in a cancer cell. Uh, it's it's reversed and it's it's seeking sugar and, and simple uh, fuels at the the, the cancer is it, it consumes and then this this idea of how fasting works it puts the defensive cells to the front to defend and so here we have the study itself Dr Longo from USC wanted to test the benefit of fasting in rats ten rats were put on a two day water fast ten rats were fed normally. All were injected with chemo. All the water fast rats survived. All the normally fed rats died. They repeated the test with the same results. You can look this up. You can Google it. You can check with Rabbi Google, Dr. Longo, USC. I did my homework. This is fascinating that the the human chromosome in the cell itself puts itself in defense mode in a time of, of water fasting. Thoughts on that? Did I... Catch yeah, you with one, or are you, yeah?
1: Um, are you curious, or I, do you think I'm a nut? I, well, you, you, well, it's it's complicated. I I, I think, um, at, but I'll for sure look up the study. I think the, um, I think he, what you say is true. I think you know our uh, we do have the ability to change our body um, chemistry by restricting what we what we ingest, and I think that does make it. I think that's that's been established. I I don't. And of course, how you do that is another thing. Which I would, you know, the water fasting was that mean, how do you actually do that? What, for how long? Sure. Um, all of those are are good questions. So, yeah.
0: so in regards to a fast, water only, you don't necessarily have to do that. A fast just means denying yourself, and that's a really good comment because, for example, my wife, uh, when whenever I do a water only fast, she's not capable of her her. Um, what is it, uh, metabolism is far different than my own. And, right. and she literally gets weak and faints. Right. She can't, uh, the, 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 a water fast is not something that's practical for her. For me, as you can see, I've got all kinds of stores I can rely on. My wife doesn't. <laughs>
1: <The> hibernation mode. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's a true. bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So water fasting for me is, is very simple. I've never had a problem doing it. For a number of folks, uh, one, one thing that Michelle does is she just uh, consumes necessary foods. I know sweets and, and things that are unnecessary. Whenever she's in a need for food, she'll she'll get something very healthy and stays to that course. You can fast from activities, certain types of activities. I, I would guarantee a really good fast for a number of you. April 1st to the 3rd would be to put down your phone and turn off your TV. Maybe pick up a book. The Bible. <laughs> that would be a really good fast. Uh, uh, and and I, I know that that'd be one that I know my boys and myself would, would undertake April 1st to the 3rd. So it, it's not so much what you're fasting from as you are just denying yourself to align and get better connected with the Lord's purposes uh, that we would know his will and, and ask him to intercede and to accomplish that which we can't do ourselves. Isaiah covers what a fast looks like. And he said, this is, this is the best kind of fast. And this is found in Isaiah 58. You can turn there and read it and in its entirety. I've pulled out some selective verses. The, the Lord says, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? And then verse 8 goes on to say, then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily. And that's what we're seeking for the nation, for ourselves. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. He goes to verse 11 and says, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Verse 14, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. For those of you wondering about the practicality of fasting, a perfect example of fasting is what the Lord did. Jesus fasted. It was a critical component of his ministry on this earth. And if the Lord did it, I think it's apropos, we practice the same. You can find this in Luke chapter four, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. In those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. A fascinating concept about that that folks don't realize, they think that's kind of a joke. Of course, he's hungry. He hasn't eaten in 40 days. Um, but the idea is, on long-term fasts, I've done upwards of 15, 20 days, water only, after the 3rd day your hunger pangs go away you you just don't feel any hunger after 3 days it, for some of you it might be a little different for some of you it's shorter for me it's exactly 3 days food just doesn't have a desire to me and and you operate in that mode where you're you you become used to it and uh and then when it says that the lord was hungry what happens is if you fast too long and your body consumes all of its stored energy and then it begins to consume muscle tissue and things that are easily accessible when you see these children in africa or ethiopia or in in parts of the world where there's uh, starvation they begin to bloat because the human body begins to consume vital tissue that affects the organs is that correct
1: yes yeah
0: and it becomes irreversible at one point where you the the child dies so at this point what the scripture is saying is that when the lord was hungry the body saying, "You better get something to eat because this is critical," and it was at that moment that he was tempted. That's where he faced his greatest challenges. But the call to fasting aligned him with what would be the greatest challenge that any man on this earth would face, and that was the Lord. And he he saw the power in fasting. Isaiah says in twenty six twenty, and I want to take us to this as we prepare for this fast, and as we. Find ourselves in our homes. The Lord says, listen, take refuge from the coming judgment. Come, my people, enter your chambers, shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation has passed. And that brings us back to Joel. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, he relents from doing harm. Folks, we are already at home. We're we're finding sanctuary there. God is asking us to press into him. This call to fasting would be very effective. Uh, Dr. Robin can take a look at the USC study and he'll come back tomorrow. And if I'm off, but I do know this. Fasting spiritually is critical. Deny ourselves, pick up our cross. Our cross is dying to ourselves that we would live to Christ. And we're gonna intercede for this city that desperately needs encouragement, especially our city workers, essential uh, workers. I, I can tell you right now, city staff is exhausted. They've gone through the shootings and the fires. Now we've got this. They have, this, is, this year has been unbelievable. And now... We have the chance to intercede for them, our county officials, our first responders, those on the front lines, truck drivers, folks who stock the shelves at our supermarkets, wisdom for our federal officials, our state governor, and all those folks. And um, and then before we close with numbers, I, I did want, there was a question that came in and, and it, it doesn't seem as though I want to finish with that question. So tomorrow night I'll answer. it. It has to do with, opting out of a portion of the stimulus, and we'll, we'll cover that tomorrow. Uh, I, I think if there's anything you guys want to add before we close with number six, anything?
1: No, no, I, I think, um, no, I'm encouraged.
0: Amen.
2: You know, I think that uh, somebody brought it up to me the other day that we're living history hugely now, and we're going to be looking back at ourselves 5, 10, 15 years from now. How did we handle it? What did we do? Did we turn to help people? Did we turn to God? Did we turn to our families? So, I think every step that we're going through, through this time, one of the greatest things in history, one of the biggest events, how did we handle it? What did we do? And I I think you're articulating that every night, Rob. I think that's really important to remember that this is history in the making right now.
0: My, my son's 18. This is his senior year. And it, the likelihood he's going to get his diploma from the postman. Uh, their, their entire school shut down. 100% of the schools in California shut down. He's, he's not even connected with his classmates. And what is, for most kids, the most spectacular year of their life. But as I had shared with, with Michael, this idea, you, you're going you're gonna to be a generation of history that, you know, I'm, I graduated in 82 and in 2020, that'll be our 40th anniversary. Nothing spectacular happened in 1982, but when my son goes to his 40th anniversary, they can look back at one of the most critical moments in the history of the country and realize that how did we respond as a nation? And I, I think this is a wake up call for the church. We were watching all the stocks rise and, and everyone was happy about conservative principles being established and, you know, all the things that make for happy home life. And then this hits us. And what will cause this nation to return to God? And, and folks, I, I, think, I think that's the critical question. God, as I've said before, is patient. He's waiting for us. He has a way of getting our attention and we have to make the most of this opportunity. You're at home. What else are you going to do? Turn off the TV. Put down the electronics. Listen, that's as much of a challenge for me as anyone else. Open your Bible and spend time with the Lord and spend time fasting and praying. Intercede. It's a great call. It's an opportunity to be an instrument of the Lord to bring not only an awakening but a revival to the nation. Every marriage in this country, every relationship in this country needs an infusion of the living God. There are folks that are lonely right now, all sequestered by themselves. Fear has never been higher. It has nothing to do with the stock market. I'm talking about just questioning life in general. What, what's the point? And the loneliness has brought unbelievable depression. Folks are turning to pills and the bottle and a number of things. It's time to intercede for this nation. Take this opportunity. For this little while, God has sequestered us, as we saw in Isaiah 26. As we see in Joel, he wants us to press in with fasting. So, come April 1st through the 3rd, let's as a congregation, a city, a county, a state, a nation, a world, gather together in prayer and fasting. We'll have prayer sheets for you. We'll cover it more in the next few nights before we come to the 1st of April. And uh, and tonight we're going to close, as we've done every night, with God's blessing for you and for me, for all you guys. So let's take a look at Numbers six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace. May the peace of the Lord, which surpasses all understanding, guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Don't be worried. Rest in him. Use this time wisely. I miss you guys. Thank you for supporting the fellowship. Uh, Pastor Tony has been commenting. You you all have been generous. And I know you've, you've been hit and struggling as we've seen the numbers. But you have not denied this fellowship the ability to minister to this community. And to all of you out there, I know that's sacrificial. Thank you. I miss you all. I can't wait to be with you. And I, I hope we can be together by Easter. If not, we'll do as God commands. So I'll see you tomorrow night. Fellas, thanks. God bless you all. Good night.